And now, presenting the Star of the Show podcast with your host, Delaney Swift. Hello, and welcome back to the Star of the Show podcast. I'm your host, Delaney Swift, and welcome to another episode. This episode kind of goes all over the place, so bear with me. This is kind of an emotional podcast episode. From the title, you can probably already tell this is about the loss of a parent, specifically my story about losing a parent. It's just about grief and loss in general, honoring your feelings, soaking up all of what life has to offer, and just truly enjoying your life as it is now, feeling gratitude for where your life is now, and the people that you have in your life. I was truly in such a rare mood this day. It was actually Mother's Day and I had pretty much spent the whole day catching up on work, doing stuff around the house, just really had a day to myself and I was sitting in a coffee shop doing some work and I don't know, I was just really in my feels with the music I was listening to and the mood that I was in. It was a very interesting mood because I was like also really happy but also really sad and just kind of all over the place but it felt good. That is like the only way I can describe it. But I immediately came home because I felt inspired that I wanted to talk about this and tell the story and share this mood and where I was coming from, share my story about losing my dad and just talk about grief and feeling your feelings and talk about having feelings that are all over the place and not feeling alone in that or not feeling like you're insane because of that. And actually like learning a little bit more how to deal with those feelings and sit with them rather than push them off because that can be kind of an unhealthy use of those emotions. So anywho, this is kind of an all over the pod, uh, an all over the pod, an all over the place podcast episode, but I really encourage you to bear with me. I think it's really helpful for people who may be experiencing similar things or someone in their life has experienced similar things. And even if you haven't really ever experienced loss of a loved one, I think that this goes all over the place with grief of, you know, your old life or just things changing in your life and not really knowing how to deal with those changes. So before we get into this episode, because it is, you know, a little bit more vulnerable than other episodes, I want to do a quick pop of culture to kind of just lighten things up. We have a lot going on in pop culture news. So let's do a little pop of culture. Okay, so First big one is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is being made into a movie. I truly think I predicted this. I felt like this was going to happen. I know I'm probably like not the only one that's saying that, but when I was reading this, I was like, this is such a movie potential. Like this is a movie. I really just want to watch this play out in front of my eyes. It was such a good book. Honestly, I think it's one of my favorites. I can't wait for this to be a movie. And I think that there's so much they could do with it. I really hope they don't let us down. But I'm so excited for this. Just like the vision I have of it in my head is just so incredible. So I'm pumped about this. And people are posting online like what their predictions are for the cast. And they said um, Anna de Armas as the main character, as Evelyn. A young Evelyn. And I could see that for sure. So... We'll see. I hope they don't let us down with this because my hopes are high. The next thing I wanted to talk about was the new Olivia Rodrigo vampire song. So 
it came out on Friday, which today is Saturday, July 1st. So it came out yesterday, Friday, June 30th. And I think it's good. But I also, I was like listening to it in a very, like, I, I like closed my eyes. I was listening to the actual music. I was like, damn, this is freaking good. But also, a lot of people are saying that they wanted more from her. They wanted something that was different, that didn't sound like it was on the Sour album. I kind of agree with that. It does sound very similar to everything else she's done. But I still have hope that the rest of the album will be hopefully different different content that we're, that we're expecting from her. And I hope that none of the content or the songs that she comes out with are copies of other people's melodies because I want something new, something original. I know she's capable of it. Let's let's hear it, okay? We don't need any more feuds with Taylor Swift. Next, I want to talk about the Barbie movie. It's been getting so much buzz, and I feel like everyone's alter egos have turned into Barbie. I feel like Margot Robbie is Barbie at this point. Like, all of the clothes that she's wearing, everything that she's doing, the way she's acting is Barbie. It's like, has she morphed into actual Barbie? Soon she's going to be turning into full-on plastic. But anywho, I actually like it. I feel like there's been a lot of people that have been like shit-talking the Barbie partnership because it's been literally just like the whole promotion of this movie. But apparently they waited a really long time to make this or like the creation of this took a really long time. So I'm here for it. I think it's so cool and creative what they're doing. Like if it was not creative and if they weren't like customizing these partnerships to make sense for these brands, then I would I would think that like that would be kind of idiotic. But I mean, there's the Malibu Barbie Dream House that you can rent on Airbnb partnership, the Architectural Digest partnership where Margot Robbie gives a tour um, to AD of the, the Barbie Dream Home, iconic. Then there's like Bay's Luggage is doing a partnership with Barbie where they're doing like pink luggage. Um, there's also Ruggable is doing a partnership where there's like these pink rugs and they're kind of like, they're like light pink on the outside and like go dark pink in the middle. I'm trying to think of others because there's been so many. But then also all these artists have done special singles for the Barbie movie like Dua Lipa, Nicki Minaj, Charlie XCX. I think the rollout has been absolutely incredible. And if I were to ever make a movie, this is exactly how I would want to advertise my movie. It's just so iconic. They're getting in front of everyone. They're showing up at the Pride Parade. Margot Robbie is like reinventing all of these old Barbie looks. It's just incredible. And I feel like if it wasn't such a like prominent brand or a name and like a toy that has been around for so long, that's like literally the epitome of our childhood I don't think it would land as well like if this was any other movie shoving this content down our throats like I don't know if it would be as well received some people are thinking it's too much I'm personally very here for it I think it's so creative and just flawlessly executed in my opinion oh I'm actually looking at one right now Coldstone partnership with Coldstone like how who is on these teams that's creating these partnerships because I want to be a part of it Overall, 10 out of 10, chef's kiss. I'm so excited to see the Barbie movie, and I'm sure we'll be coming back for a pop of culture when the movie is actually out and I get a chance to see it. So this has been a pop of culture on the Star of the Show podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Okay, this is going to sound really weird if 
you're not in the same mindset as I am right now. But I just got back from working at a coffee shop for a little bit. It's Mother's Day. So I don't know if that's a coincidence, but I am in this mood. Like I'm on the verge of tears and I have no clue why. I've been crying on and off all day and I'm not sad about anything in particular. I don't even know if I'm sad or if I'm just crying because of the beauty of life. Now, I know that sounds very woo-woo, but it makes so much sense to me right now. I think part of me is bummed that I'm not with my mom and my grandma right now. I think part of me is also grieving for friends and family who have lost moms and for all of the people in my life that I've lost and maybe just missing my dad as well. So this episode is going to talk about grief and grieving, losing a loved one, but also just grieving your former life, lives that you've had before, missing the way that things used to be, and missing the dynamics and the simpleness that it seems that your life used to be. I got really inspired to do this episode And I'm really, really in my feels today. So I decided I'm just going to record it while I'm feeling it instead of overthinking it because I might not ever create this episode otherwise. So basically what inspired this was I was listening to a lot of oldies. I, if you don't know anything about me, I am obsessed with songs and music that are not from this time. I love Motown. I love anything from like the 60s, 70s, 80s, even into the 90s, anything that's basically not current music. I grew up listening to songs that were popular when my parents were growing up. So Paul Simon, ABBA, Billy Joel, Queen, Elton John, The Temptations, Men at Work, Neil Diamond. There's so many other good ones, but those are just ones that are coming to my mind right now. I love all of them. I'm also a huge musical girly, so I loved theater. I love all musical songs, so that's just a little bit about me. But this morning, I woke up and I decided to go work from a coffee shop for a little bit because I had some stuff I needed to get done that I was putting off and I sat at a coffee shop that I hadn't been to before and I was listening to a bunch of oldies. I was listening to Nat King Cole and a couple songs came on that just made me feel like I wanted to cry when I was on my way to the coffee shop. So I just decided to cry. And before I, before like this year, I don't know, maybe before the past couple of years, I wasn't a big crier. So just for some context, I lost my dad when I was 19. So this was in 2015 when I was a sophomore in college. And of course, I cried. I cried a lot when he passed. But after about a year and a half, um, actually, maybe a lot less, maybe a few months, I decided that I should probably go on antidepressants because I wasn't able to focus. I wasn't able to deal with my thoughts head on. I was doing a lot because I was in college. I had friends. I had a social life. I had schoolwork to do, classes. I had extracurriculars that I was involved in, and I just couldn't focus. So I decided to get on some antidepressants, and it really, really helped a lot. That's maybe a story for another time, but 
I was on them for about, I, I don't know, a year and a half, maybe two, two years. Actually, no, that's wrong. I was on them for the rest of college and I think like a year out of college. So maybe three, three years, three, four years, I was on them. And I decided to wean off of them. And I was off of them for a couple years and then got back on for a couple years, weaned off again about two years ago. And that time I did it all on my own. And for a period of time, I think I was the friend that was like the non-crier. I was seen as like the strong friend or the friend that, you know, never showed her emotions and To some degree, I feel like maybe I am still partly that person. Like I know when and where to deal or to show my emotions, but I am a very sentimental, very emotional, very nostalgic person. And I think that I feel a lot. I feel a lot for other people. I can pick up on people's emotions sometimes too much where if someone's having a bad time or someone's really upset or they're anxious, or they're sad, I can really pick up on that and almost like try to overcompensate so that they have a good time, or they feel happy, they feel, I don't know, like they're having a good time, but I feel sometimes like way too deeply where I can feel other, like emotions for other people. And for a while there, I was not really fully deeply feeling things. And I think that that did me a great disservice. I think it got me through what I was going through in certain degrees. But I also do think that I am feeling a lot more recently because I cut myself off from feeling for a while because of maybe these antidepressants or maybe it was just a a method of survival. But now I realize how beautiful of a feeling it is to feel so deeply. And if at any time I'm in a space where I can cry and I feel like I need to, I will just try to let myself because I feel like it's such a release. You feel like you can have such a clear head afterwards. You can, you know kind of express your emotions in a more clear way when you can just fully let yourself feel and release. You know, if I'm around a bunch of people, I'm not going to necessarily just let myself cry. Maybe if I'm just around my boyfriend or my family or people I feel comfortable crying around, but mostly when I'm alone is when I cry. But I'm saying all this because A lot of times I feel like, especially now with all the distractions and things that we have, we don't fully let ourselves feel. And, you know, I'm guilty of it sometimes too, but whenever I have the chance, I try to just cry and let it out. And previously, I was the type of person that felt almost proud to be the strong friend, the non-crier, the non-feeler, the one who was strong and got through a lot. And, and, you know, I've been through a lot in my life. I've, you know, lost a parent. I've seen my mom go through cancer, not once, not twice, but three times. I've moved states when I was at a very young, you know, still very much in my developmental stages 
I've moved, you know, not once but twice to different schools and had to adjust to new friends. And that's not really, you know, that's not a huge, crazy life trauma, but it does, you know, it does change you and helps you grow and learn in, in different ways. And it can be hard for people when they are in that stage of their life. I'm not claiming to have the hardest of lives. I'm not claiming to, you know, have gone through the toughest of lives. But I do think that there are things that I've gone through that are particularly difficult and challenging and make me have a different view on life. And I am an only child too. So having to go through some of these things alone, not alone, but as an only child, has given me, I think, more of a thicker skin than someone who maybe has siblings to deal with these things aside that beside them. But I think I just have a different perspective on life through the things that I've gone through. I think I look at life a little bit more precious. I don't have the energy to put up with things that aren't for me. And what I mean by that is if someone or something in my life is draining my energy or, you know, if there's a person in my life that is not kind and I don't feel like has my best interest at heart or there's a job or a a situation that I'm in or a behavior or a habit that I'm stuck in that doesn't align me or service me in some way, then I feel like it's way easier for me to spot that and say, this isn't something that I want in my life or in my ether. I only want things that really lift me up and bring me joy. And of course, you know, that's not always realistic. And I'm working with my therapist to have a little bit more balance. But I do think that having this perspective has allowed me to choose wisely and to realize life is so short. It's too short to be friends with someone or dating someone or in a job that just does not feel good and to just settle for less, to settle for things that maybe don't feel like they're bringing you joy or they're a step in the right direction. So I really feel like I connect with people who have had, you know, similar things happen in their lives. Maybe they've grieved through a loss or they've gone through something particularly challenging. I feel like I really connect with people who have a different outlook on life or who see things differently. And that doesn't mean you've had to go through the same exact things as me, but I do feel like There are people who, you know, I can have these really deep connections with or deep chats with when maybe they've gone through something that's been a little bit challenging in their lives that they've had to overcome. Anywho, I am rambling. As I was saying, I was at a coffee shop earlier. I just got back. I decided to dive right into this episode. I actually was listening to some songs that were making me cry. They were happy songs, sad songs, but they were just making me feel something. So I decided to cry. I sat in my driveway for a second too, and I finished crying and it felt so good and so cathartic to just let it out and not even really have a particular reason for crying, but just to get it out. And it feels so good. 
And I still feel like I'm on the verge of tears a little bit for some reason, but it feels really just good to release these thoughts and these emotions. And, you know, part of me was thinking about my dad and losing him. And part of me was feeling sad for friends and family who have lost parents and close loved ones and just really feeling that for them. And also, I think part of me is grieving and and sad for, you know, the life that I used to live. And a lot of me has been thinking about my childhood recently. And, you know, when I was growing up, I was so creative. I was, I thought outside of the box. I was so innocent and so just, I believed that thing, like anything could happen. And part of me was so blissful. Like I love my family. I love my extended family. My dad is from Ireland. My mom is from New York. She grew up in Queens and my dad grew up in Ireland, moved to England when he was young. Um, He's one of 10 kids. So they grew up in a large Irish family. And then when my dad was in his late 20s, I believe, he moved over to New York because a few of his sisters, three of his sisters, married U.S. military men. So they all came over to the U.S., not at once, but slowly but surely. And All of the siblings and my dad's parents made their way to Long Island, New York, where my parents met. My parents got married when my mom was 21, my dad was 31, and the large majority of my extended family still lives in Long Island, New York, or on Long Island. I always get corrected by people for saying in Long Island, but on Long Island, whatever. They all still live in New York. For the most part, a lot of people are spread out, but that's a place that really feels like home to me and feel I feel deeply connected to that place because my parents only moved to Ohio where I grew up a few, maybe a year or a couple years before I was born so we would go back to Long Island a lot when I was growing up um, we still try to make it back there as frequently as possible but of course when you get older things just change a little bit but when I was growing up we were all very, very close. My cousins and I, we, I mean, I have a large, a large amount of cousins just because we have this big extended family. I'm an only child. Like I said, my parents, I don't know why they waited to have me, but when they were trying to have another child, they couldn't. My mom had cancer when she was, I I believe 38. I don't want to butcher that, but that's a story for maybe another day or if my mom feels comfortable maybe talking about it with me, maybe we will. But then they couldn't have kids after that. So I'm an only child and I grew up feeling very close to my cousins. And that was kind of the way that I got roughed around the edges, I'll say, is because, you know, I grew up in this huge family and we all kind of, you know, teased each other. We spent a lot of time together and I'm really, really grateful for that and for all of those experiences. But it was such a blissful time growing up. And I'm sure, you know, there are times that I can remember that weren't blissful, but some core memories that stand out to me are like dancing with my cousins and my aunts and my uncles and listening to ABBA and having, you know, summer parties outside on my aunt and uncle's patio and swimming with my cousins listening to music, having barbecues and grill outs and 
just dancing until so late at night. You know, it's probably not that late at night because we were young, but there's just so many good memories. And Christmas, holidays were always amazing with all of my family. And I'm sure there are memories that you listening could probably think of from your childhood that maybe you really miss and you wish things were that blissful. I know I have a lot of really amazing memories and just so innocent. I was so innocent. I was so naive. I was so, I had a big imagination and I miss that about myself. I miss just not having these worries and these stressors about finances and, you know, what's my purpose? What's my, you know, my timeline for getting engaged and married and having babies and, you know, finding the finding my why of like exactly the type of career that I'm supposed to have and the job I'm supposed to have and why don't things feel more figured out and why am I worrying about finances and bills and you know where am I going to be in x amount of years it just all feels very overwhelming sometimes and I know I have a lot of time left I'm only you know I'm turning 28 in a month and I know that that's young but I think that a lot of 20 somethings and even 30 somethings no matter where you're at in life, I think that a lot of people can probably relate to, you know, what the hell am I doing with my life? What, you know, what is it for me, right? What, when am I going to be a mom or a dad? Or do I even want to have kids? When am I going to get married? Everyone's getting engaged. Everyone's getting these promotions and traveling to these amazing places. And should I be doing that? And I find myself really missing when things were simple when I was just dancing in my room in front of my mirror acting out scenes from you know a show or a movie and pretending I was going to be famous and I don't know using my imagination with my friends making up dances playing in the backyard until 9 or 10 p.m whenever the sunset in the summer playing badminton and volleyball in my backyard riding on the golf cart playing on the trampoline like just these really simple pleasures in life and using my imagination, I really find myself missing those things a lot sometimes because life can feel so overcomplicated and we really overcomplicate things. We really can find so many ways to complain or be unhappy or not content about things and There are really so many simple pleasures that you can enjoy in your life. And that's really hard to remember sometimes when you get caught up in, you know, the work week and the stresses of bills and, you know, your car and filling up gas and doing the laundry and dishes. And it just feels like the to-do list is never ending. You know, I got to get an accountant or I got to do my taxes or just normal life shit. And it's like, when did life become so complicated? And if that sounds dramatic, you know, I don't give a shit because I know that other people are thinking that. I know other people are like, ugh, when did life get so hard? When did life get so, you know, tough and complicated? And a lot of what I think about sometimes is that, you know, we go from, gosh, why do I feel like I'm on the verge of tears while I freaking talk? Anyways, I think we go from being in, you know, kindergarten, elementary school, middle school, high school, no matter what your schooling looked like, if you went to college or if you didn't go to college, we 
don't have that many large responsibilities, right? At least most of us don't. And then we go to college, we are living in this blissful euphoria because we're, you know, just partying with our friends. Maybe you're not partying, but we go from being on the same playing field or the same level as everyone else, right? We don't necessarily have jobs or careers we're in yet. We're in the same or similar financial boat as everyone else. We, you know, maybe aren't married yet, don't have kids yet. We are in just the same area of our lives as a lot of other people our age, right? And then as soon as you graduate college and a lot of your 20s is, you know, people are traveling, moving to different countries, moving to different states, buying houses, having kids, getting married, finding the career of their dreams, getting promoted, you know, quitting their jobs and starting a business. Everyone just seems like they're on different wavelengths. People are buying these incredible, insane houses, People are buying RVs and fixing them up. It just feels like everything else that people are doing, we should be doing. And I know social media has a lot to do with that, but it's like, ugh, so much I think of our 20s is us just re-figuring out or just understanding that like we're all going to be on different wavelengths and weaning off of almost like being with our friends 24 7 being the same area of our lives as everyone else and it's like okay now you have all these bills now you have all these responsibilities you got to pay your student loans you got to you know pay for a car pay for your mortgage or your rent or whatever it is like everything's on you and you go from 18 almost like 20 22 years of not having that much responsibility to all of a sudden having all this responsibility and being like, oh God, we have our we have to have our lives figured out, our careers figured out. People jump into parenthood, people jump into, you know, career. It's just so weird, I think. And I think that's why a lot of 20-somethings are confused, mixed with hormones, of course. But like I think that's why a lot of 20-somethings suffer and feel so overwhelmed is because we do go so long with not having quote unquote, that much to worry about, right? And then all of a sudden life gets serious and that can feel very overwhelming. But I wanted to open up this conversation about grief and loss and whether it's losing a loved one or just grieving for a ch- like a change in your life, whether it's a breakup or like I said, losing someone because you know, they passed away, you're losing someone because they're not in your life anymore, or literally grieving the life that you used to live. Because so many times I find myself being so upset about the current circumstances in my life. And then a year later, year or years later, or however long, I'm like, wow, I really, really miss that. And why did I spend so much time being so unhappy and pissed off and complaining about the circumstances when in real reality. Now I'm like, wow, that was great. That was so fun. And I do that all the time. And I know that in a year or so, I will miss the year before. It just happens. It's a cycle. It always happens. So I really try to remind myself to be present and to be grateful for what I have now because I know I'll miss it. So hopefully that can serve as a reminder to you. But I did want to 
open up and tell the story of how my father, my, I don't know why I said father, like I ever call him my father, but how my dad died. And I don't know why I do this to myself because I feel like I've told this story multiple times. I've, I've told it in a blog post. I've told it probably on social media. I've told it on YouTube. And I don't know if I'm just making myself a martyr or if I just feel like it's my purpose or my mission in this life to share these experiences so that other people can feel less alone. But I think enough time has gone by where I feel more and more comfortable talking about it. And I just feel like I am a very, very much so an oversharer, hence why I think podcast is a good platform for me because I can share in long form content. But I think that this is an experience that unites us, unfortunately. And fortunately, we can bond over, you know, these shared experiences. And more and more so, I've had more people in my life that are, you know, losing loved ones. And it hurts me because I know how much it hurts them. And I've been in similar situations. Obviously, everyone's experiences are different. But if you want to continue listening, please feel free. If this is too hard for you to listen to, you can pause it or stop it. I completely understand and will not be offended if you want to pause this and listen when you feel you're ready. But I'm just going to give, you know, kind of a brief story or synopsis of how this happened and how, you know, this came to be in hopes that if anyone else is going through something similar, you feel less alone. And I want to kind of talk a little bit about grief and grieving a person, but not only a person, but a a loved one in general or grieving other previous lives, right? Grieving the life that you used to live, grieving things not being the same. So as I said earlier, I lost my dad when I was 19 years old. I was in college. I was a sophomore in college. It was February 2015. I'll never forget it. It was, I think it was a Thursday, February 5th. I had a sociology class with one of my best friends. I think we purposely took it together. And the day in class, sociology class, there was like a Dove commercial or some sort of commercial that we had to watch to like see how it invoked emotion. And it was a commercial about like the relationship between a dad and a kid. And it like touched me and I I started tearing up. And so I texted my dad and I just, I think I said like, hi, I'm thinking about you. I love and miss you or whatever it was. And, you know, my dad, usually whenever I would send him a text randomly without thinking, you know, without context and just said, I'm thinking of you or, you know, it was just a spontaneous text. He'd always be like, oh, scamp, that makes my day. That made my day when you when you did that. I love when you text me out of the blue. My dad called me Scamp. That was like my nickname ever since I can remember before I was even born when my mom found out she was pregnant. My dad bought them a car. It was a Mercury or wait, I don't know. I think it, it was a Mercury van and the license plate, he got it to say my Scamp and I was always my Scamp. I have a tattoo in his handwriting of him of his handwriting that says my scamp but anywho he would always be like scamp that really made my day 
So I was really excited for him to read the text. I thought, okay, this is really going to make his day. I'm really excited. And I remember telling my friend that, like, this is going to make my dad's day. And then I hadn't heard back from him for a while. I was like, that's so weird. I'm, I'm shocked he didn't, you know, respond. And then the evening rolls around and I had called my mom to get her opinion on um, a reference. I was going to ask a teacher for a reference because I was applying to maybe like an internship or some sort of like job or program and I wanted her opinion on it. And when she answered, she said, Delaney, are you alone? Or, or Delaney, where are you? Are you alone? And I'm like, yeah, why? And she's like, I, I got to call you back and called me back. I said, I got to call you back in 10 minutes. And she didn't call me back. And I was like, okay, something's, something's up. Something's weird. I'm pretty sure I was supposed to go out for a friend's birthday that night. So I was like kind of getting ready. And my boyfriend at the time and my friend um, came over. My boyfriend at the time had texted me like, what are you doing? Um, is it okay if I come over? And I lived at the sorority house at the time. So I knew that that was weird. And I'm pretty sure my friend also said she was coming over. And when they came up the stairs at the same time, I knew something was wrong. I had walked around the sorority house and I was like, something's up. I'm really freaking out. I don't know what's going on. I think something's wrong with my dad. And, you know, I remember one person saying, like, it might just be your familyhood or your family dog, your childhood dog. Um, And I had called my cousin, Anna, who I'm very close with. And I was like, I think something's up with my dad. And she was like, oh, I don't know, you know. And she, I think she, like, tried to get me off the phone because she knew. Um, and she knew I didn't know yet. So she was waiting until I found out to call me back or to talk on the phone. And as soon as my friend and my boyfriend at the time had, were coming up the stairs, I knew that something was, something was up. And the same time that they were coming up the stairs, I got a call from my mom. So I saw my mom on my screen. And I was like, okay, I know. I know that this is about to happen. So I answered the phone and uh, my mom, you know, she was like, Delaney, you know, your dad's dead. He's gone. And that was, you know, a really hard day and a hard thing to hear. And, you know, that was eight years ago. So it's crazy that even now, you know, obviously it's, you know, it's never going to go away, but it still is sad and it hurts to hear and talk about and think about. But, you know, my reason in bringing this story up is because I know that so many people go through it and it can be such a lonely and scary and sad thing. And I don't want anyone to ever feel like they're alone in feeling that way. You know, that can be such a a weird emotion because I remember like, you know, I was obviously devastated and I stayed in my my sorority the the room my room my bedroom in the sorority house like all night and all the next day well not all the next day like the next morning but my boyfriend at the time and my you know best girlfriend they both stayed in my room with me all night while I cried and oh gosh like they are just I I that's it's a really hard emotional thing to deal with so you know props to them but 
it was so weird because, you know, I was supposed to go to a, a college formal in Chicago that weekend. And I was like, oh, so am I still going to Chicago? You know, it was just such a weird thing for me to wrap my head around. My mom's like, I don't think so. I think you're going to have to come home. Like, it was just so weird because it's such a final thing, right? When you lose someone so close to you, it's like, now life just has to carry on. Like, how do I carry on? It feels like the world stops. And it was just such a strange phenomenon. I was like, okay, I'm still going to go to my college formal, right? Like, didn't want to miss out on it. But I also, it was just such a hard thing for me to grasp. And I remember packing my bag to go home. And I was like, what do you even pack to go to your dad's funeral? Like, I have to pick out a dress for this. This is bullshit. It felt so weird. And I remember packing my black dress and I was like, this is so strange. And driving up, you know, to go be with my mom and my family, I kept crying the whole way through, but I was like, I just still don't feel like I'm sad enough. Like I kept crying and I was like, I just don't feel like I'm sad enough or this hurts enough. And Like, I feel like I shouldn't be breathing right now. I feel like I shouldn't be alive right now. I should be like, you know, not even functioning. And not that I, I, looking back now, I definitely was sad enough. I was very upset and very heartbroken. But I just think that I was so confused and devastated that it just didn't feel real. I didn't know what to make of it. And obviously I was 19, like thinking about that that's so young. Like, you know, I'm about to be 28 and I I still feel young, but that is just so, so young. And my heart breaks for people who, you know, lost a parent or a loved one even younger or at a young age or just anyone who has lost someone. I completely empathize with you and I want you to know that you aren't alone. And, you know, you don't ever have to feel like you can't continue grieving no matter how long it's been. And I think some of the things that helped me the most at that time were being surrounded by so many people that love me and loved my dad. And it was almost like happy, happy times being around everyone because all of my family flew in from everywhere and being around so many people that just showed up for us was like, wow, you know, life is so precious and so beautiful. And it was like, wow, like there are so many people that love us and, you know, life will continue on. And I almost, it was kind of easy to forget about how much hurt there was because my family and friends that showed up, they just showed up and, We were playing music that he loved and that our family loved and dancing and singing and telling stories and looking at photos. And it just felt so love filled. So that was really helpful. But also just, you know, people who didn't ask questions, just showed up, let me feel how I was going to feel, let me show up ugly and not cute and just raw and people who just helped out without asking questions, people just were there without asking questions. So that's that's what I try to do with my friends and family and people who, you know, are, have gone through something similar. But, you know, I'm not perfect, but I do try to just show up in that way 
for, you know, people in my life. It also really helped me then, and it still helps me now, thinking about things that my dad loved. He loved MGD, Miller Genuine Draft, the beer. I don't even know if they sell it that much anymore. He loved um, the music that he loved and the songs that he loved. I I have a playlist of songs he loved, and I listen to it when I want to feel close to him. The shows that he loved, the jokes that he would tell, memories about him, like just talking and thinking about those things helps keep him alive in my mind. And talking about him to the people that, you know, love him and that really helps a lot too, is like talking about funny things that he would do and, you know, just stories about him really truly helps. And I think also when people ask you questions about him or people in your life not being afraid to bring that person up is really helpful too because it keeps them alive. And it's like, thank you for letting me keep this person alive who is so important to me and not being weird about it. When people aren't weird about it, you know, it's like, what did your dad love? What would he do in the situation? You know, what was his favorite show or what was his favorite this, that, or the other is a great way to make, you know, like, for example, if a friend or your significant other asks questions or tries to keep that person alive in your life, I think that's such a helpful tip for someone who is close to someone who's going through grief or loss. But similarly to losing a person, I think that grief does come in all shapes and sizes. And I think you can also grieve your former life. You know, whenever my mom was kind of moving things out of our childhood home, that was another form of grief for me because, you know, that's where I grew up with my parents. And it was like losing my dad all over again, going through his things, going through our things and just reliving all these memories and being like, wow, my life used to be so, so, so incredibly different. And I miss that. I miss that, like those memories, those childhood memories and the innocence of things and how simple things felt, you know, playing in, playing with my friends as a kid, playing with my family, like I was saying, holidays, you know, just so, so many memories those things can feel like grief, like loss, right? And I think that that's so normal and natural. It's a part of life and it can hit you at any time. Like even today, right? I was thinking about being a kid, missing those times, missing my friends. I was honestly just thinking like, I miss my friends from home. I miss my friends from college. I miss my family. I want to be around my family. I want to be around my partner's family, I just want to be around the people that I love the most and I know love me most and love me for me. And when you live in a different state or you live away from your family or your loved ones, I think that's also natural is to like think about those things, right? But I think my tips for, and this is what I'll leave you with, my tips for grieving, whether you are grieving or you know someone who's grieving, are to number one, feel your feelings. I've talked about this before and this Honestly, I hate the term feel your feelings. It sounds so cliche and kind of like, like, okay, puke, right? But that is something that I didn't do for so long. And, you know, whether I was going through the loss of my, my dad or a breakup or, you know, job 
issues and just like, you know, starting a business, career changes, whatever was hurting me in that moment. And when I didn't really feel my feelings head on, I I put myself in a, a worse off situation because I wasn't facing things head on. I was making mistakes and not making the best choices or decisions and hurting myself even more. And I don't regret anything because I wouldn't have lessons and I wouldn't have learned. But I do think I did myself a disservice by not allowing myself the time and the space to feel what I was actually feeling, whether it was just crying it out, journaling about it, giving myself silence to actually think and feel my own thoughts rather than filling my time with so many activities and things that could clutter my brain rather than just like having that period of time to let it out in some way, shape or form or talking through it very raw with someone else. And a lot of times I would like, you know, get mad at people for being upset about something very trivial. Like if someone was upset about, you know, something just that felt to me small or silly, I'd be like, that I'd get, I'd get angry because I'm like, why the fuck are you feeling this way when I went through something so much bigger or more traumatic and you're seriously sitting here and complaining to me about having a bad day at work and okay, now I literally cry at everything and I encourage people to cry at everything <laughs> because it's, you know, if someone says something to me in the moment, mean or something like that, I'm not going to sit there and cry. Like I know when and where to release it, right? But I think it's a good thing. And I don't think it should be shamed. And I don't think it should be something that's like, you're weak for crying. I actually think you're strong for crying. And I encourage you to feel that because that is like such a pure way of feeling and releasing emotions. And then that way you can show up more clear headed to other situations and other challenges in life. If you actually let yourself just let it go, right? If you hold on to it, that's when it's going to come out in terrible ways or like not the most opportune ways. So feeling your feelings when they come up, I think is such a superpower and I'm glad that I finally harnessed it. And I think part of it is now being, you know, off of these antidepressants and maybe one day I'll be back on them because I have been experiencing a lot of anxiety recently. And, um, but that's, again, that's a topic for another time, but I truly encourage you to like, however that shows up for you, just feel your feelings. If you need to go on a walk and just listen to music and cry it out, sit on a park bench somewhere or journal or call a friend, call a loved one, whatever it is, just seriously take your space, do with it what you, what you got to do. My next tip is to do what you need to do in order to honor yourself or your loved one. So if you are feeling sad or upset one day and you have plans, don't be afraid to cancel them. If you need to just be alone or you need to just go do something for yourself just do it. Do whatever you have to do and screw the rest. And similarly, you know, if you want to honor your loved one, like do what you need to do to honor them. If you want to, you know, bake something that they used to bake, if you want to listen to their favorite music, eat their favorite food, drink their favorite beer, in my case, um, watch their favorite TV show, do an activity that they love to do, whatever it is, and whatever makes you feel close to that person, I encourage you to do it because that I think is a beautiful way to honor them. And whatever that looks like for you, do it and don't feel silly about it because I think that's beautiful. And I think that will make you feel almost like cathartic, right? It'll make you feel closer to that person. It'll make you feel 
feel good. I don't know, feel something. <laughs> um, and my next step is to enjoy life's beauty. And I, I know this sounds cheesy, but it's true. And I think I, I've had conversations with people who have lost a loved one. And I think that it does give you this new appreciation for life. But truly enjoy life's beauty. Like, look at the sky. Right now I'm looking outside of my backyard and I see a beautiful blue sky. It's a beautiful day. I'm going to go sit outside after this. Enjoy fresh air, a walk, literally the grass, the beach. Enjoy, you know, a glass of wine, a really great cookie, whatever it is that like are true, like simple life's pleasures, a good deep chat with a friend, an amazing TV show, whatever it is, like there are so many simple things in life to enjoy and soak it up. And try to be present as much as you can in those little moments because that's what life is really all about. It's not about what car you drive or what fucking, you know, type of house you own or, you know, the achievements that you've had in your life. Life is truly about all of these beautiful little simple moments and how, you know, how amazing they can be and make us feel. So eat that up. Next is to surround yourself with people who have the same lust for life or make you feel closer to the people that you have lost. So what I mean by this is surround yourself with people who embrace you for who you truly are, who light you up, who lift you up, who you feel good after being with, right? Who let you talk about the good, bad, and the ugly, who make you feel just this like zest for life, who you can laugh with, who you can cry with, who you can be messy with, who just you can show up fully as yourself and they they know your imperfections and they love you despite them, right? And then also with people who can make you feel closer to the people that you've lost, who you can talk to them about, um, you know, this person who can't, you know, open up to you about this person. The next thing is to Write to your loved one or write to your former self. Whether you're grieving, you know, grieve how you need to grieve. If that means that you need to talk to your former loved one or talk to your former self, whatever that is, use that release in a cathartic way. Like sometimes I'll write to my younger self, I'll write to my dad, I'll talk to my dad, I'll imagine a conversation that I would have with my dad. Like if I'm going through something currently, I literally will like imagine what he would say to me in my head on a phone call. And a lot of times it's like, oh, scamp, don't let the bastards get you down. Like you're better than that. You know, I, I, I trust you. I believe you. Don't let it get you down. Life's too short to not be happy. You know, I just try to think of the things that he would say to me. And I encourage you to do whatever is that equivalent for you. And the last one, I feel like I've already kind of said, but listen to music and enjoy the things that your loved one used to. So whatever their favorites were, whatever they used to enjoy, do those similar things. I think that's a great way to honor that person in your life. Anyways, I hope that this episode gave gave you something to take away Um, I know this is a very emotional one. So if you listen to the whole thing, thank you. Um, Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I hope that this gave you something, whether it's just to feel not alone. Hopefully this helped in some way, shape or form. 
Um, I know this was a heavy one. So thank you. Thank you for listening and thank you for holding. God, I hate fucking saying this, but thank you for holding space for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just want to be sensitive to people's feelings and wherever you're at with how you're feeling and wherever you're at in, in your life, on your, on your path, on your life's journey. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. I've said that a million times. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And wherever you're at, know you are not alone. <laughs>